My name is Paul Riley, also known as Political Paul, and this is The Riley Rant, a weekly podcast where we discuss all things political, professional, and personal. Let's rant. Thank you for tuning in to the 35th official episode of The Riley Rant. As was noted in the intro, we discuss all things political, professional, and personal. And this week, I want to rant about something political. If you've been living under a rock or if you don't have a Twitter account, you may have missed all of the drama that unfolded this past week on Twitter as Kanye West set Twitter ablaze when he professed his love for his quote-unquote brother, Donald Trump, and his desire for us all to have more love and empathy for Make America Great Again, which is, of course, the movement that catapulted Donald Trump to the White House. West's tweet sparked outraging conversation around what it means to be a quote-unquote free thinker, and conservatives and Republicans alike jumped at the opportunity to welcome West into the family. To justify and defend his position, West noted on Twitter on April 25th, You don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. We are both dragon energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals. And we have the right to independent thought. Now, from that tweet, two things strike out to me. And as I you know, unfold and, and discuss this West debacle over the course of the week, I want to leave you with three points that I'll get through throughout the course of this episode. But when looking at that tweet, the first thing that stuck out to me and really struck me was his statement of, I love everyone. I don't agree with everything anyone does. And this is where it sort of gets confusing, because if you're going to come out and profess your love for Donald Trump and your your love and empathy for the Make America Great Again movement, you're doing yourself and everyone else a disservice by not getting more specific about what it is that you do agree with and why it is that you love him. To simply say that I don't agree with everything anyone does, it sort of absolves you to say, I don't have to get specific on what I like. I just know I like him and I like his energy. And for people who are following you and people who are watching you, it's important for them to know what it is that you like about Trump, what it is that gets you excited about Trump. Is it his approach? Are there particular policies that you like? The fact that this wasn't spelled out, maybe it's asking too much, but I think it's not unwarranted to demand more clarity and specifics on what you like about Trump. It's one thing to say you like his personality, you like his demeanor, which is an issue in and of itself that can be discussed. It's another thing to say that you like certain policies and the direction that he's taking the nation in. And the fact that we didn't have that clarity was the, I guess, biggest bummer of this whole tweet debacle because that ambiguity and the vague nature of his tweets set him up to be, what I would argue, a puppet uh, for the Republican and conservative movements when he may not actually wholeheartedly agree with or espouse the beliefs that those individuals are now trying to peddle and push in light of the tweets that Kanye West just put out this past week. So to be clear, the fact that he was so vague and saying that he loves Trump and not getting specific actually allowed for other parties, particularly pundits and commentators, he allowed them to control the narrative and to really determine what it is that he meant. And to avoid that, particularly as a person who is in the spotlight and a celebrity, he should have done more to be specific about what he agrees with with Trump and what he loves about the movement. Because right now we have conservatives and Fox News and even Trump at a rally this past weekend 
pushing out this idea that Kanye West loves and supports him. And that may be true, but it would have been so much more, uh, I guess, meaningful to people analyzing the situation to really understand where he's coming from at his core so that we could really assess if what these pundits on the conservative and Republican side of what they're saying about West is true. That lack of clarity is the biggest bummer of them all. But the first point that I want us all to think about when, when assessing and referencing and reviewing Kanye West's tweets is this idea that independent thought doesn't seem to be afforded to everyone. At the end of Kanye West's tweet, he says, and we have the right to independent thought. But this is sort of confusing to me because on the one hand, you're saying you love Trump. You're saying you have love and empathy for the Make America Great Again movement. And then you're also saying that we all have a right to independent thought. And I think that those three ideas taken together are an inherent contradiction. Because what's clear with Trump and with the Make America Great Again movement is that Everyone is not entitled to independent thought. Exhibit A, Colin Kaepernick, who said he was going to kneel to raise awareness around police brutality. The Make America Great Again movement and Donald Trump turned this into a lack of respect for the flag. And they tried to silence him. And Trump at a rally called him a, a son of a bee and said he should be yanked off the field and fired. That's not embracing independent thought. That's not really espousing the idea that everyone has the right to think for themselves and to formulate their own opinions. That's not valuing free thinkers and free thought. And so that inherent contradiction and him saying that we have a right to independent thought, but he's embracing an individual, that being Donald Trump, and a movement, that being the Make America Great Again movement, that doesn't seem to accept or tolerate thoughts that are contrary to their own. Case in point, kneeling for the flag to raise awareness around police brutality in the black community. But we don't have to look simply at Colin Kaepernick to look at this major first point this idea that independent thought isn't afforded to everyone, we can also look to LeBron James. He was talking at a press conference critiquing Trump and discussing society and culture in the nation. And Laura Ingram on her show, The Ingram Angle, made the following comment. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Again, she notes... It's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. So we see Laura Ingram pushing back against LeBron James, saying he needs to shut up and dribble. He shouldn't be giving any political commentary. He gets paid to bounce a ball. He needs to go somewhere in a corner and mind his business. She's definitely going to have this same perspective and same feeling towards Kanye West as he tries to enter the political discourse. But surprisingly, she doesn't. After Kanye West's tweet, she notes that he is a catalyst for an honest discussion about the coerced conformity of thought that celebrity culture has imposed on all of us. And Think Progress actually calls her out and says, there's one small issue with Ingram's position. She's the author of a book called Shut Up and Sing, which argues that entertainers should not express their political beliefs. So here we have, with Laura Ingram being one particular example, an instance of contradiction where when a Colin Kaepernick or LeBron James tries to be a free thinker and tries to share their thoughts, they're told to shut up, they're told they're denigrating the flag, they're disrespectful, they need to be silenced and fired and removed. But when you have Kanye West speaking in a pro-Trump, pro-America America Great Again uh, tweet, he's now elevated as a catalyst 
for change in the direction of our, our commentary. And this is all coming from a woman whose entire philosophy around entertainers is that they shouldn't enter into the political foray, into the political discourse. You see here, with respect to independent thought and free thinkers, that you're only allowed to be an independent thinker. You're only allowed to have these free thinking thoughts when they are a celebratory and elevating and uh, commending Donald Trump and the Make America Great Again movement. And so what this reveals to me, this one Laura Ingram example, is the major first point of this rant, is that you cannot be a free thinker if those thoughts are contrary to Trump and the Make America Great Again movement. That we only want to hear your thoughts when they're supporting our side and our movement. And in that way, these individuals are contradicting themselves because they are doing exactly what they claim the left is doing. They're silencing voices that are different from their own. They're calling anyone who agrees with certain points on the left, they're calling them sort of followers. They're imposed in this cultural belief of what is right. They're conforming. But when people have differing opinions about Make America Great Again or Trump, they're told to shut up. That's not independent thought. That's not being a free thinker. That's unfortunately uh, being opportunistic and tapping into entertainers when they serve your interest and kicking them to the side when they don't. So that's that first point. Now, they talk about independent thought and being a free thinker, but it doesn't seem to go both ways. It's only if you're on our side pushing and peddling our interests, our demands, our perspectives, our policy preferences. The second point is this idea that empathy has to work both ways. After tweeting about his love for Donald Trump and about how you know he can't be sort of silenced by the mob, Kanye West then goes on to say, this is year one. We can't add empathy to make America great again by hating. We can only add empathy with love and time and truly hearing all sides. And this is again a situation and a point where I'm lost. Another inherent contradiction. Kanye West wants us to have empathy for Make America Great Again and love and give them time to truly hear all sides and I guess to come together and sing Kumbaya. But when we talk about empathy, that seems to be something that hasn't been present in the Trump campaign or the Trump presidency. Prior to even running for office, he peddled the birther movement, which said that Obama was not born in Hawaii, that he was actually from Kenya. And he went on these different news networks and said he had sources on the ground confirming this and looking into this and that we would all be surprised by what we found out. And then years later, we found out that was a lie. It got so bad that Obama had to actually present his birth certificate to end the conspiracy theories and the debacle. And when we found out that Trump was wrong, he didn't even own up to it. That's not showing empathy. That's not showing love. And he constantly talks about being attacked and critiqued without having the facts and the allegations, when that's how we entered the political foray. That's how we entered the political arena, by peddling accusations that weren't backed by any facts or evidence uh, that ultimately led to no clear uh, confirmation of what he was saying. And, and actually, the opposite, uh, the confirmation that what he was saying was not in fact true. Again, that's not showing empathy or love. Or what about during the 2016 campaign when he mocked the cons, the Gold Star family, uh, by saying that the mother was quiet, probably because she had to be subservient in her culture. Not ever once having empathy or love to consider the fact and to contemplate the idea that maybe she was so grief-stricken that she didn't have the words in that moment. Or what about when he mocked a disabled reporter at a rally? That wasn't showing love or empathy. Or what about when he 
claimed that Mexicans were rapists, drug dealers, and criminals. That wasn't showing love or empathy. Or what about when he called African nations shithole countries? That wasn't showing love or empathy. Or what about when he had a totally different response to the hurricanes and disasters in Texas than he did to the one in Puerto Rico? That wasn't showing love or empathy. Or what about when he woke up one day and decided to place DACA and its recipients in disarray with a six-month deadline? That wasn't showing love or empathy. Or what about when he bragged about sexual assault on that Access Hollywood tape? That wasn't showing love or empathy. And so what's confusing about this tweet where Kanye West demands of us to show love and empathy to make America great again and to have love and respect for the movement, what's troubling and contradicting about that is that he's demanding from us something that we've never received from the other side, and that's love and empathy. That when you look at the rise and the ascendancy of Trump, it's been based on division. It's been based on tearing thing, people down and peddling generalizations and deciding who's worthy and who's not. It's never been about love or empathy. And so the requirement that we have to meet Trump in this movement at a place of love and empathy when they have not given that to us in return, I think is an inherent contradiction. And it also speaks to the predicament that the marginalized, the oft-forgotten, and the oft-ignored individuals in society, the role that we often have to play. The onus is always on us to be the bigger person. The onus is always on us to come to the table and to have dialogue and to hear all sides. The onus is always on us to forgive and, and to try to see where people are coming from. And at a certain point, you get tired of that. At a, a certain point, you say, when is it your responsibility to earn our trust as voters and as citizens of this country? When is it your responsibility to show and lead with your actions and to not require us to give you what you want or to meet you halfway when you've made no effort to try to bridge the divides that we're experiencing in this nation. And so when Kanye West tells us that we need to have empathy and love and that time will allow us to truly understand all sides, it sort of overlooks the time that we've already had to review and analyze who Donald Trump is and what the Make America Great Again movement stands for. We've had two and a half years of interviews, of rallies, of statements, of actions, of inactions to know where this president stands and where this movement stands. And the idea that more time or coming to the table and hearing all sides is going to change anything, I think it's naive. And I think that instead of pushing the requirement on others to have empathy, he should turn it back to Trump and his supporters to say, what are you going to do to have that love and that empathy to really bridge the gaps and the divides that we're seeing in this country? And one last thing when thinking about the Make America Great Again movement, it's already lacking love and empathy with that last A in the in the acronym, again. When you say Make America Great Again, what time were you referring to? What instance and what experience were you referring to that we should have love and empathy and excitement for? What what point in the past was America great to all people? to women and people of color and immigrants, at what point? Because when I look at history, I see slavery. When I look at history, I see the Trail of Tears, the Cherokee Nation. When I look at history, I see the Chinese Exclusion Act. When I look at history, I see Japanese internment in World War II. When I look at history, I see 
the end of Reconstruction and the emergence of Jim Crow. When I look at history, I see the war on drugs and the war on crime that incarcerated uh, black and brown bodies. So when you say make America great again, the inherent nature of your acronym and of your movement is a desire to go back to a time in which I can guarantee you that everyone didn't have nearly as many rights as they do today. And we still have a lot to, to, to do in that department in terms of civil rights and ensuring that people are equally protected under the law. But when you inherently say, again, you want to make America great again, who is that benefiting? And how is that an empathetic and loving response to have, especially when you look at the trials and tribulations we have, we've had to endure and overcome as a nation? And so when you look at the empathy and it working both ways, I think that Kanye West's tweet doesn't afford any ownership, any accountability, or any responsibility to the Make America Great Again movement. The onus is always on those on the outside looking in to say, you need to do better to have love and empathy and understanding where no requirements are pushed back to the group to say, no, you also, as supporters of Trump and Donald Trump himself, you also have to show that love and that empathy in order to build the trust that it's necessary to bridge the divides that we see in this country. But then the third issue is this understanding that I think we all have to internalize, which is this idea that we may not ever agree, and that's okay. But here's the issue we see today. I can hear your perspective. I can put myself in your shoes. I can understand all of your viewpoints, and I can still come out disagreeing wholeheartedly with your view, and that's okay. But if you go back to what I was talking about at the top of the episode with the Laura Ingram example, with this idea of independent thought, it's almost as if you're trying to expose me to your viewpoints, you want me to understand everything that you're saying, and that if after all of that I still somehow disagree with you, I'm somehow on the democratic plantation, I'm somehow conforming to society, I'm somehow not a free thinker, when that's not the case. I can hear all of your viewpoints and still not agree with you, and that has to be okay. And I think there were people sort of get riled up and confused is when they try to make their case and you end up still not agreeing with them. And their next resort is to say that you are somehow a robot, not a free thinker, you're a slave to this organization or to this party or to this institution, when in fact it could be just a situation where I don't agree. And that's what folks can't handle, the possibility that you disagree with them. But unfortunately, my agreement on a particular issue that just so happens to be aligned with the majority and not you doesn't take away my ability to be a free thinker. It may instead suggest that on this issue in particular, the majority may be right. Being a free thinker doesn't mean that you can never agree with the majority. It simply means that you're not focused on always being a contrarian whose knee-jerk reaction is to go against the grain or to take the most controversial or unpopular opinions simply to make a statement. Instead, a true free thinker is someone who is more focused on the side of a particular issue that is truly focused on the love of all people, on empathy, on empowerment, and on allowing all people to realize their true potential. And that's not to say that the Democrats are going to always be right on all of these issues and that the Republicans are always going to be wrong on all of these issues because both parties have let the American people down and both parties have a lot to do in order to really truly represent and reflect the will of all of the American people. But if the last three years of the Trump campaign and presidency reveal anything, it's that these traits of love and empathy don't appear to be overflowing in his movement either. And so for Kanye West to suggest that 
Donald Trump and Make America Great Again are aligned with love and empathy is to overlook all that we witnessed at these rallies and press conferences and statements and events that prove otherwise. And that's the, the biggest contradiction of them all. That Kanye West has a love for Donald Trump and for Make America Great Again, he doesn't clearly explicitly state why he loves it outside of that dragon energy, and he ultimately places the onus on people outside of the movement to show more love and empathy and to really try to come to the table to understand where people are coming from without ever demanding that of Trump or the Make America Great Again supporters. But I guess we'll say that this is simply Kanye being Kanye, but for me, that's not a good enough reason to let these vague comments fly under the radar. Anyone who wants to enter the political discourse and be a cultural commentator or even a celebrity must realize the impact of their words and must also be willing to get specific and to back it up. Everyone seems to want to be a free and unchallenged thinker, but it's actually by challenging the thinker that we elevate the discourse and understand what people really stand for and value. And if they're challenging the thinker, it becomes clear that they value individuals or movements or policies that seek to confine, marginalize, or oppress people's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Please don't be surprised, shocked, or confused when I'm not running to join hands, to hear their side, and to sing Kumbaya. So those are my thoughts on the Kanye West tweet and all that has happened this past week. Thanks again for tuning in to the 35th official episode of The Riley Rant. If you have any thoughts or commentary on all that has happened this week, please don't hesitate to share in the comments section below or to click on that mail icon at the top of the RileyRant.com's website to share your thoughts personally. Remember, if it's Sunday, it's time to rant. If it's Sunday, it's The Riley Rant.